Hello and welcome to the Baseball Wisconsin podcast. I am your host, Tim Gotzler. So we made it to the third inning, episode three. Episode one, we were joined by current WBCA president, head baseball coach and athletic director in summer baseball royalty, Scott Holler. Episode two, our second inning. We moved out west a little bit and found ourselves with some royalty of spring baseball. Head baseball coach at Sun Prairie High School and former WBCA president, Bob Hamilton. For episode three, we went north. I mean, way north, like snow north in May. We went to Cumberland High School. Well, he's been much more than that. We're talking about Mark Fuller. Anybody that has strong connections to baseball, especially amateur baseball in the state of Wisconsin, knows Mark. Mark is one of the pioneers of, of, of the WBCA, one of the many reasons why guys like me are a part of the association that has grown to where it has and has had a tremendous impact that he has no idea how much it, it's reverberated across the state. A little more about Mark, uh, 34 years as head baseball coach at Cumberland High School. At this, during his time, he won 10 conference titles, went to the state tournament four times. He is currently helping out at UW-Whitewater with Coach Bo. He's in his eighth year doing that. He's a member of four Hall of Fames, the WBCA Hall of Fame, the ABCA Hall of Fame, Cumberland Baseball, and Cumberland Athletic. Now, he doesn't just keep his talents in the state of Wisconsin. Mark is known all over the world in baseball circles. He's hosted clinics in 11 different states and 10 different countries. Mark takes some time today to sit down with us and talk about his evolution throughout the game, things that have changed, some things that he's excited about in today's baseball game, what it's like working at the collegiate level, and so much more. A huge thank you goes out to the godfather himself for taking the time today. Without further ado, Mark Fuller. Hey, Mark, how you doing? I'm doing well, Tim. Thanks. Beautiful. Well, hey, um, let's just get us started. Talk to us about your journey through baseball, maybe start as a player and then, and then on to a coach. Yeah, it's, uh, I'll tell you what, it's fun to think back on uh, the great experiences I've been able to have. I was uh, from Wisconsin Rapids, moved there when I was a freshman. And so was kind of a little bit behind as far as being known uh, uh, in uh, the baseball circles, but uh, played baseball at Wisconsin Rapids. Uh, we had some good teams, went to the state tournament as a junior. Uh, and uh, I would say um, I hold the record at Wisconsin Rapids for the most innings thrown in the bullpen. Uh, so, um, it was one of those deals, you know, that, um, uh, we were big enough school. I was pretty much a pitcher and I would always warm up, but Gary Dempsey was our shortstop. He went to Bradley on a scholarship. So if they got in trouble, Gary always came in and I never, you know, so, but I had a good experience and, um, uh, didn't play in college. I played a little basketball in college, uh, did not play baseball, uh, but it was always my first love. I'll be honest, Tim, and, uh, uh, was able to, uh, play it for a lot of the rest of my life. I actually played my, uh, my uh, last game at the age of 58. I always like to tell people I struck out the last two guys I ever faced. I don't tell them I gave up four runs earlier in the inning. Uh, but in um, the coaching thing was just, it was kind of a natural. Uh, I got into coaching early. I loved it. Uh, did some coaching even before I started teaching with some younger kids and uh, uh, was able to get to Cumberland and uh, went into uh, uh, became an assistant for three years and then uh, took over the head job. And, and uh, it was a, a challenge. Uh, I think we had won um, three conference games in five years up there. 
but I, I, you know, that was, it also made the, the whole journey special. Uh, so I was able to get some great kids who put a lot of time into it. And, and uh, we ended up putting together a pretty good program. And, and so was there and head coach there for 34 years. And then um, eventually ended up at UW-Whitewater where I assist right now. Uh, John said he'd uh, reward me for every time I say UW-Whitewater. So I believe that's two. Uh, but um, uh, this will be my eighth year there. And that's been a great experience also and just part of the whole journey. So baseball has been a, a big part of my life. I've really enjoyed the journey. And uh, uh, it's, it's uh, hard to believe that it's gone you know, this fast. But hopefully there's more years to come. Oh, great. Well, hey, two things stand out to me. One, I want to hear about your basketball career. Where did, uh, where did, where, where did you go to undergrad? Where did you play? Stevens Point, um, I was, uh, um, you know, a, a, an average player. I worked hard, um, could shoot a little bit. It's too bad we didn't have the three-point shot back then. So I um, was able to play a little basketball at Stevens Point. And, and, uh, but, um, uh, you know, between that, I played all the sports. I, I think playing all the sports is a, a very important part of a, a person's life. Uh, I think, unfortunately, today I see a lot of kids that um, uh, end up specializing, and I think they're missing something. They um, perhaps get a little better in a particular sport, but I think the overall athleticism perhaps uh, doesn't move forward as fast as it could have. But uh, I enjoyed every sport. Every season was my favorite season until the next one came along, and and uh, so I enjoyed every single uh, every single game, every single practice. Uh, it was always a big part of my life. Wow. And then the second thing, you talk about Cumberland. And, you know, I'm from the southeast part of the state. So what I know about Cumberland is it's north of Highway 8. And north of Highway 8 baseball is a little bit colder than, than the southern part of the state. So talk to about some of the challenges of being from up, the, up there and just, and just the weather throughout the years. What kind of, uh, what kind of challenges do you guys face? Well, it's nice to hear a, a Milwaukee guy admit that uh, uh, Stevens Point is north. So, um, but <laughs> well, my, yeah. my, my wife's from up there. My wife's from Phillips. So when, when we go, okay. um, you know, I, we get a good feel for that drive. And I think and when I'm complaining about weather down here, I can only imagine what spring baseball is up north. You know, there's no doubt, I think we're at least 10 days, uh, maybe two weeks behind, uh, you know, the Milwaukee, the southern part of the state. And, um, you know, I, I think it was, it was just a will. Um, I was always able to get my games in. Now, that's one of the ways uh, the, uh, the seasons have changed. When I started coaching, there were 14 maximum games. And, of course, that number has slowly gone along. But I was always able to get my games in. Um, now, it, it meant sometimes you were playing six games in five days. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, you played through some very cold weather. There's no doubt. Um, and it, it was so erratic because, Tim, there was one year I remember we played every single game. Um, on every date that was scheduled. And I can remember seasons where we couldn't, our first game was April 26th and we were playing with snow on the outfield fence. So it is a challenge. I think it's, um, uh, it makes one, um, you know, there certainly has to be a drive to get your games in. Uh, but if you love the sport, you're going to find a way to be successful. And I think the one thing that I think we also had in the North was um, we had indoor practices. And I think that made us, um, you know, hopefully a fundamentally uh, a sound team. So when we did get outside, uh, hopefully we were ready to play the game in the right way. So uh, it was a challenge, there's no doubt, but it was a challenge I think you could overcome uh, with a little desire and a little hard work. Yeah, fantastic. I always felt like the reward of spring baseball was eventually it got warm, you know, and eventually by, you know, May and, and potentially June, if, you're st if we're still playing, um, that was a reward. Well, hey, uh, I want to transition a little bit to, I said probably what you're, at least in the state, you know, to me, you're most known as the godfather of the WBCA. 
And I want to hear about maybe the early days, the Wisconsin Baseball Coaches Association, how it started, you know, your role in that and just the evolution. So what, what, what comes to mind? Yeah, you know, Tim, it's, um, I think one of the, uh, I've always said Wisconsin is a hidden gem for baseball. And I think uh, a part of that goes to the WBCA. And, and of course, last year we celebrated our 50th year, uh, you know, back in 1970, uh, Tom Meyer uh, was one of the gentlemen. Tom, of course, uh, still a, uh, a big part of Wisconsin baseball. Uh, he and some other gentlemen started the association uh, back in 1970. I think it's very interesting. The first year they had 43 coaches and the fee was $2 to be a member. So uh, that takes you back a little ways. Uh, but um, the association has grown tremendously. Uh, my, my first experience with the clinic was 1981. Uh, so I've uh, been going to clinics for about 40 years here, and um, uh, it's, it's been um, uh, a phenomenal experience, and, and we've done so much more to add on to it. Um, in 1984, uh, we added the All-Star Game. Uh, I was fortunate enough in 18, 1982 to get on a committee. There were four of us that uh, uh, met and uh, over a period of two years put together the first All-Star Game in 1984. Uh, that's certainly big, been a big part of, of um uh, the additions to our association. Uh, and we've, of course, got the great commitments from Puka and other people now who are, you know, furnishing hats and, and giving us money for scholarships. And the All-Star Game is now uh, giving out, uh, uh, part of that scholarship is giving out uh, over $3,500 of scholarships each year. Um, you know, the clinic has continued to grow. Um, I remember I was a treasurer back in the early 80s. I remember sitting on my living room floor uh, going over checks and, and writing them on a ledger. Uh, now, of course, uh, we get uh, very often over 700 coaches have become members of our association. Uh, and uh, that's been a big plus. Uh, so it, it's grown tremendously. Uh, I can remember back, I remember being in the field house. Uh, I can remember being at UW Oshkosh. And of course, we were in Milwaukee for years before settling in Madison. But uh, just uh, the All-Star, I think our, our yearbook has been a big addition. Uh, that was something that uh, uh, my, my assistant, Joe Waite, and I started back in, um, oh gosh, that's uh, what, 30-some years. Uh, Joe has taken that over uh, totally now. Um, I finally gave up something, which uh, I've had a hard time doing at times. So um, I think that's a, we're a hidden gem. And I will say this, Tim, um, I've been fortunate enough, I believe I've spoke at 10 or 11 state clinics. And uh, there might be a couple bigger, uh, Texas and Ohio might be bigger, uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, we're one of the bigger uh, clinics in uh, the United States and I'll guarantee you we're one of the best. So um, we can be very proud as a group of coaches uh, about um, our players and our coaches and our association in the state because uh, uh, it rivals anybody. And uh, uh, it's been fun to watch that growth in my 40 years and, and uh, the 50 years since we've had an association. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, and I, I think about the, just the opportunity that the, the, the clinic is, you know, it's always on the calendar, right? Same weekend. And, we, you know, it's usually got six inches of snow, right? I mean, we're trudging snow to get up there. People are driving all over the, all over the state or all over the country and speakers are coming in at airports. And um, I know it's just a great, a great way to, to, to that, you know, dig into baseball in the winter, you know, and we just, just so grateful for, for men like you to, to go ahead and do that. But, one thing that stands out to me is I know that maybe the last 20 years, your primary role is getting speakers. So talk to me about that process. How do you choose speakers? And I'd love to hear about some speakers that stand out to you over the years that really maybe rock the whole, rock the clinic. Yeah, you know, um, 
it's, um, it's, it's a, a somewhat of a difficult challenge in part because of when our clinics held. Uh, being the second weekend in February, uh, Division I coaches are um, uh, opening up that weekend. Uh, of course, the professional people are at spring training. So it does give you a limited basis from which to choose. Uh, fortunately, uh, in my experiences in the game uh, and, and uh, having met a lot of people, I've been uh, very fortunate to have known a lot of people I can call on. But it does uh, behoove us in the state of Wisconsin to look a little bit more towards some of the older retired coaches, uh, some of the people that maybe are in uh, Division Two or Division Three baseball, and certainly those people are as good as any. Um, I always get a kick out of every year, um, everybody, somebody will add, oh, why can't we get in, um, you know, Prince Fielder? Why can't we get in uh, Ryan Braun? Because they're in spring training. So um, it's a challenge, but I'll tell you what, we've had great people through the years. So the, the older people are the um, people like uh, the Bob Bennett's from Fresno State who just passed away, the Jerry Kindles uh, who, who also just passed away a year ago. Um, but we've been fortunate to get some of the people that perhaps are uh, on the outside of the, the baseball game itself, the Ken Revizas, the Brian Keynes, who are two of the biggest names in um, uh, the mental part of the game. Uh, so, um, you know, I've been fortunate to have a lot of guys. I, I think back, uh, I, I just look in a list. I'll, I'll tell you another good speaker is John Vodelich. John Vodelich is a phenomenal speaker. Our state coaches are great coaches. Uh, the um, uh, the uh, uh, we act coaches are great people. We've had I've had Tom House uh, I think twice. Uh, Ron Wolforth, who is one of the bigger names in pitching. Ron, his first clinic he ever did was Wisconsin, and I've been good friends with Ron for a long time. And he did his first clinic in Wisconsin, and he what he tells me is his last clinic in Wisconsin three four years ago. So um, yeah, it's a challenge every year. It's kind of a high when somebody finally says yes. Uh, you're always looking for names. Uh, but, but there's a limited group you can get. And so, you know, I've had the Skip Bertmans of the world and, and the Mike Martins of the world. And I try to get, if somebody just retired, I, I certainly try to give them a call. But uh, a lot of people know about our reputation, know about the state and would love to come. But uh, we're limited a little bit by some of the seasons that are already going on with the second weekend in February. Yeah, you know, what, one thing, as an attendee the last, you know, 12 years or whatever it's been for me at, I just always love the mix of, right, you get, you get a big name D1 coach like that, you know, and then you get a high school guy from a different state and then you get, you know, some one of the WIAC coaches and then you get a specialist like a Brian Payne or, you know, someone that does arm care. And I, I think just the variety has been, um, it's just been phenomenal for us coaches. And, and I really do appreciate, we all love the, obviously the, the speakers and what goes on after, um, you know, like if someone, if someone hasn't gone to the clinic yet, what, what would be your pitch to them? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I, I would say simply from this standpoint, Tim, and thank you very much because, um, you know, that clinic is, is um, a big part of our each year. And by the way, it looks like we're, we're going to try to beat this COVID thing and, and move our clinic to um, April 8th, 9th, and 10th. At least that's what we're looking at right now. Uh, hopefully we can still have it inside. Um, and uh, we're hoping to, to have it before baseball opens up on the 19th of April. But um, uh, yeah, it's, um, uh, the clinic's been good. And, and uh, uh, I would say if you haven't gone to the clinic, I think you're missing one of the best experiences. And, and, and I would say simply from this standpoint, uh, I think most of my best friends, Tim, are people in the game of baseball. Um, they're people I can count on, they're people I enjoy doing things with. And uh, that camaraderie uh, that we, we have in the sport of baseball, I think is pretty special. I was a football coach for 28 years. I was a head football kick coach for 16. 
um, I'll tell you, there's a difference between football coaches and baseball coaches. God bless them all. And um, we have a very special uh, group. Uh, and um, I think not only are you going to learn the game of baseball, and, and we all know, Tim, that a lot of the um, a lot of the information comes outside that clinic room. It's just sitting in somebody's uh, room and having a pizza and talking baseball. But uh, you have a chance, I think, to meet some of your best friends uh, that you'll ever have in your life, along with talk a lot about uh, the best game in, in the, uh, the, the United States. So um, uh, it'd be a shame if you didn't miss it, because we try to make it very reasonable and uh, 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 price-wise. And um, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's something that's pretty special each and every February. Fantastic. You know, and one thing I think it, it brings us, us Wisconsin guys are fighting a lot of the same battles. You know, if it's weather or length of season or, you know, pitchers and catchers week, whatever it may be. But one thing that stands out to me most about you is your international travel. I know we talked before we pushed record, and I'd just love to hear about some of your travels internationally and maybe what you've picked up watching the game in other countries and, and, and maybe where, where the American kids are you know, could, could, what we can learn, coaches and kids can learn from, from, from a foreign country on the baseball side. I, I will say this, Tim, I, I've been very fortunate in the ba uh, game of baseball. I've been able to do a lot of things. Uh, I would say the one that probably sticks out the most to me has been my experiences um, in Europe uh, and uh, helping teach the game over there. And, and the, the big thing I guess I take from that, and I've been to you know, uh, Norway and Sweden. I've been to countries like um, Serbia and Slovenia and Croatia and Austria and, and Spain and England. And, you know, the thing I, I guess um, that, um, and it, just to preface this a little bit, if you'd asked me back in 2007, if I ever wanted to Europe, I go to Europe, I probably would have said, no, you know, there's plenty of stuff to do here. Uh, once I went there, uh, I found uh, a group of people that were um, so eager uh, to play this game. In, in many cases, had so little to play the game with, um, but yet um, they wanted to learn the game. And so um, it, it's been a, a, an unbelievable experience. Uh, you know, they uh, have very few fields. Um, teams sometimes are made up from somebody 14 to 42. Um, you know, the big thing over there is gonna be the European championships. Everything's geared towards the European championships, but there's also small groups of people that just wanna play the game. So. Uh, the clinics um, are generally uh, 40 people, uh, 40 coaches. They might come. I've had coaches from Mongolia uh, come to a clinic. I think he's the only coach in all of Mongolia. But um, the thing I take away, uh, Tim, is, is uh, hopefully for us uh, to learn how fortunate we have it over here. Um, uh, there are people that uh, we, we take uh, equipment over when we go. Uh, I've seen two 50-year-old guys go through a bag uh, and grab two gloves and just start playing catch. Um, you know, I've, uh, I've seen uh, a field in Hungary, uh, which uh, was basically uh, the infield alternated between about um, six inch high grass and dirt, but yet they're out there playing the game. So I, I think uh, for us as coaches, uh, hopefully as players, um, just taking away the fact that we've got a very fortunate here. There's a lot of people over there that um, don't, but they have this love of this game and, and they're trying to do the best they can with it. So uh, those have been special trips for me. Uh, UW-Whitewater, I, I think one of the things I, I admire about what John is doing is UW-Whitewater, Division Three baseball allows you to take trips uh, uh, like that uh, every three years. Division One is every four years. 
So John takes uh, his team over to Europe every three years. UW-Whitewater takes players over to Europe every three years. And we've played games uh, all over from France to Germany to Slovenia and Croatia and, and uh, uh, literally all over Europe. And it, it's a life-changing event. And, and so uh, not only for the players of Whitewater, for myself, I think my experiences in Europe with the, the players and coaches there uh, have been probably my most memorable experiences in baseball, my most touching experiences. And, and um, uh, it's been pretty neat uh, to watch how they've grown a little bit. A few years ago, uh, Europe now has three pools, an A pool, a B pool, a C pool, eight teams each for the European Championships. Uh, we did a clinic a number of years ago. We had done one in Sweden and one in Serbia. And Sweden won the B pool that year and, and uh, Serbia won the C pool. And that was pretty special to see them have the success. And we probably had a very, very small part of it. But if we did, that was, that made the whole thing pretty special too. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and that, you know, about a once in a lifetime opportunity and, you know, to, to be a, I can imagine being an 18 year old kid going over there. Um, I know a lot of, a lot of your players at Whitewater are local kids you know, probably haven't been out of Wisconsin. I know that's what I was at that age. And just that experience as a college baseball player, just, just fantastic. Um, looking at the state of Wisconsin, you've obviously been coaching for many decades. You've seen everything. So what do you think has changed in the, you know, in the state of Wisconsin, either in the caliber of play or, you know, new introduction of club teams or travel teams, the talent pool, coaching, like where the game and where is it now? Yeah, you know, uh, there's a number of things I think have changed. I think um, one of the things is more games today. Um, uh, I know when I first started coaching in, in the 70s, um, uh, it wasn't unusual for us to play one game a week. And I'm talking more now in the summer, uh, the summer teams. Um, you know, high school games had 14 games, so they weren't playing much more than that. Uh, and so the number of games has certainly changed. Um, and I think it's good and bad. Uh, I, I think, um, and I, I had to do the same thing. We started competing with more and more sports. The summers have become uh, busier and busier. And so um, uh, I would end up with high school baseball ending on hopefully in Ju early June. And we'd, we'd oftentimes play our first Legion game two days later. Um, but Legion was often games and, and not, um, uh, not practices because you had, you know, uh, football had this night, basketball had these two nights. And so you did what you could. So I think the, the one thing that's changed is just the number of games. And, and along with that, uh, probably the number of conflicts. Uh, I think kids today, I feel somewhat sorry for them. Uh, it seemed like uh, years ago we had, um, we could still do things and, and, and still um, maybe be a kid at times. I'll give you a good example. I think uh, one of the things that's changed up by us uh, is um, uh, how youth baseball is, is played. Um, back when I first started in the, in the 70s, uh, we had all of our baseball for youth was during the day. We'd have Babe Ruth games in the morning, uh, or excuse me, Little League games in the morning, Babe Ruth games um, uh, late morning, early afternoon. Um, and uh, those kids then were home. And the best thing is they didn't have any parents there watching them, tell them to get their back elbow up uh, or to swing harder. Uh, but then, and, and we kind of created this ourselves. Uh, then all of a sudden parents wanted to be able to watch their kids uh, and so you had to play at night. When you played at night, you had needed more coaches. And so, um, uh, so it, it just has become busier and stuff. I, I think from a coaching standpoint, the thing I've seen is uh, unbelievable opportunities for us to get better at our sport. Uh, you know, my first years, I mean, you had the state clinic and uh, that was about it. If you could find somewhere else, you were lucky. Um, now, I mean, I, I go oftentimes to four and five, even now, 
uh, doing lesser coaching, I'll go to four and five clinics a year. Um, I run a clinic. I'm in my 38th year of a clinic up at Cumberland. Um, you know, uh, you can go to clinics all the time. So I think probably uh, more parental involvement has is, is changed the game a little bit. Uh, I think uh, there's um, less practices, more games. Uh, obviously, uh, down in your area, you're finding a little bit more of, of some of the um, uh, you know, uh, specialty teams that are now playing, and, and that's a draw also away from you know, local baseball programs. Um, but uh, baseball itself is still pretty good. Uh, I think, especially in your part of the state, uh, I think, um, being honest, I think up in our part of the state, um, uh, baseball has kind of leveled off and the numbers are down. And uh, I don't know if we're, we're seeing the quality we did a few years ago, but overall, the state of Wisconsin is still a very, very good baseball state. And uh, that's thanks to a lot of great players and a lot of great coaches. Well, you, you know, you mentioned um, you love the clinic, you love to learn, you're traveling, you know, you, you feel like you're your hunger for knowledge is, is maybe more than ever. Is there now on the baseball side, is there something or a few things that you've learned recently that have challenged how you thought something in the past? Was it a skill, how you taught or a concept or a philosophy? I'd love for you to open that up and just, you know, take as many as you want. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I obviously, um, uh, when this whole COVID thing broke, we had three things to do. Netflix, uh, Zooms and working on our yard for a long time. So, um, yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of things to make me think all the time. Um, I, I've always fought with this cloning individualism thing. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think there's a, a, a part of baseball that is certainly individual. Everybody's different. But at the same time, I think there's also certain things that we feel that we'd like to see within each, each player. Um, you know, I've, I've thought recently, did, was I a little bit too much of a cloner? I, I, I don't know. Um, maybe I didn't allow enough individualism. I think that's a challenge we always have, trying to find out which we think are absolutes and then also allowing individual within them. So that's one of the things I, I think. Um, I think the emphasis on the mental vision game is, is a big part of baseball today. Uh, I think, uh, I know certainly I as a young coach, I thought the only important thing I ever did in baseball is when we were inside the white lines. Uh, I think um, I enjoyed, as I got older as a coach, I enjoyed uh, a lot of the things that took place in, uh, outside of the white lines. And, and I think I, I firmly believe that um, the mental game and the, the vision part of baseball is still undertaught to a large degree. Uh, and I certainly did that in a, a bulk of my years. Um, those are a couple things I think right away. Um, uh, I think analytics have changed the game a lot. But, but I thought, I heard a Zoom this year, and I thought he, he said it very well. He said, uh, it was Derek Johnson. Derek Johnson is a guy I've known for a long time and now coaching at Cincinnati. And Derek and I spoke in a clinic at Colorado um, uh, a number of years ago, and I got to know him, and he's just a great guy. And, and we've gone back and forth, a good, good example of the clinic. We've gone back and forth for 10 years. I ask him every year, how about coming to the clinic this year? Well, he can't. He's always in spring training, but he always tells me some year he's going to do it. But, you know, he said this year, and I thought this was good. He said, analytics are, big, uh, are a big part of the game, but you still must be driven by what you see. And so I think that's something else uh, uh, that uh, we still need to be able to um, uh, know the game well enough that um, analytics are a part of it, but certainly, um, you know, uh, we need to, as coaches, be able to see things too. So, I, I don't know. I probably was, um, I was definitely, a. Um, it would be hard maybe to coach today the way I did because um, we could coach different back then. Uh, we were um, uh, very demanding. I think I always communicated well with the kids and they knew I was demanding, 
Um, but um, I think today, I think kids are less, uh, uh, probably, uh, um, they're not as competitive as they used to be. And I think that's a challenge we have as coaches. I think kids have, for the last few years, there's a tendency to uh, whatever they want, they get. And, um, uh, you know, you don't have to be as competitive to do that. And so I think that's a challenge for the future. But I, I, if I went back, I'd probably do quite a few things different. I think that's one of the cruel uh, parts of the game uh, is by the time we learn it all, we're too old to keep going. So, uh, but it's, it's a game that, um, my, and it's a great game and, and it's, there's so much to learn and, and um, uh, yeah, it, it's now I hope I can take some of those things on and, and uh, you know, uh, use those with some of the UW Whitewater kids. I'd like to touch on analytics for a second. Like, I'm sure at Whitewater and I'm sure, you know, with all the clinics you do, is there a, is there a piece of technology or is there an analytic, is there a data point that you think is really important that is worth tracking and that is really integral in player development? Again, it, it could be, yeah, like I said, a stat, um, a measurement, uh, or any other tool that stands out to you. Like if, if you know, high school, you know, high school budgets, they're, they're, they're thin. Uh, yeah. If you had, <laughs> you know, you're fundraising, you're chasing it all the time. You're, you're, you're putting your CEO hat on all the time. And, you know, if you were to invest in like one tool, what would it be? Well, there's, there's so many things, you know, obviously if you can measure, um, uh, you know, um, uh, all the things that, that uh, rap soda and all those things do, I, I mean, there is certainly value there. Um, you know, I, I still think, um, uh, there's, there's room for us, um, uh, even outside of the budget game to do a lot of things, um, uh, as far as, um, develop our players and things, but, um, yeah, you know, um, uh, I, I just think we, we need to, uh, teach all the little parts of the game. Uh, you know, I think pitching is number one. Uh, if I was going to say something to somebody, and this is certainly getting away from this whole, uh, idea of, of, um, uh, you know, tools that we have, but, um, I would encourage if pitching is uh, 90% of the game or whatever we want to make it, then I think we need to treat it that way as coaches. So the one thing I'd recommend to every program is, is to make pitching, uh, you know, uh, the number one part of your program. Um, we had two practice plans every day, uh, one for our pitchers and one for everybody else. And obviously pitchers fell into everybody else, but their number one priority for a given day was there. So uh, was pitching. And if it involved, some pre-throwing stuff and some post-throwing stuff, they did that. And if they missed hitting for that, they, they didn't. So, yeah, there's so many things that are part of baseball. There's so many good technology things uh, today, and I know we get a lot of them at Whitewater. Uh, but I think a lot of stuff, uh, probably the best technology we have is still, like I mentioned earlier, that human eye and uh, our ability. Because I'll tell you what, you can tell me what a spin rate is, but if I watch somebody hit it, I can tell you the spin rate wasn't very good. So, it, you know, it's it, – but, yeah, I'll tell you what, if you want to spend money – uh, if you got the money, um, uh, hey, I, you know, back in the old days, I remember when I first started before, you know, we had, uh, I had money for wiffle balls and credit balls. I remember taping up old socks and that was our, you know, so that's how baseball's come for me. Um, I remember Tim um, on wet days going and buying um, kitty litter and that was, that was the diamond dry back then. So um, yeah, a lot of memories of, of the way we uh, dealt with things back in, back in the 70s. I just remember uh, no head first sliding when Kitty Litter was out there. I remember that was the that was one of the rules from coach is uh, no head first sliding could be a, could be a rough couple minutes after that. <laughs> um, well, hey, what's it just made me think of a question. Um, this you know the baseball in the state of Wisconsin. Like it, I don't want to get you in any trouble here because executive board and how much influence you have. But if you could change anything about the structure 
of the Wisconsin baseball season, high school season, um, what would it be? Would there be anything you could you would change? That's a good question, Tim. Um, uh, I, I, I let's start with the pitch count. Um, I, I think it could be tweaked. I think the twitch, uh, the pitch count was something that had to come in. I, I think there's a lot of people in the state. Generally, most rules are are passed because. Um, things aren't being done correctly. And I think 90% of the coaches in the state uh, treated the pitch count um, in the right way. Um, however, um, there were people that didn't. Uh, we had a kid up by us that uh, I think one spring uh, playing, uh, you know, 23 games, he had 17 decisions. Now I'll tell you what, he was pitching way too much. Um, but I think the pitch count could be tweaked a little bit. I, I think there's a possibility a few pitches maybe. Um, you know, maybe there's, maybe you could have different pitch counts for freshmen, sophomores, and junior seniors. So, I mean, that would be something you certainly could look at from a, uh, from that standpoint. Uh, we've tried hard in the state of Wisconsin to get a little bit more time for pitchers prior to the start of the season. I think it's somewhat contradictory when you say, um, we're going to have a pitch count, but then, uh, it's all right for a kid to, you know, have about, uh, uh, 12 practices and get on the mound and throw, you know, th there's a health issue there. So I think you could tweak perhaps the um, uh, preseason uh, timeframe for pitchers. I know it could e it easily can, people can uh, cheat on that a little bit, but I do think that's something. Um, we're pretty fortunate for the number of games. Uh, 26 is pretty good. Uh, there's a lot of states that wish they had 26. So that's been pretty good. Um, I do think, I wish the state tournament um, uh, could be expanded to additional day. Uh, I think that would be a value. I think it's unfortunate when you get to the state tournament and you're playing a 9 8 a.m. game, uh, you're um, have, getting a five-minute infield and you can't throw the ball around after a strikeout. I think that's unfortunate. Um, and so um, I'd like to see us go there. So, you know, there are some certain, some tweaks uh, that we could do uh, to the sport. Um, you know, I, I wish it ran from, uh, you know, uh, about seven months worth, but it, it can't do that. But uh, um, I think most of the things going on are pretty good. Um, uh, obviously, I, I, I feel bad for baseball over these last two years because I, um, the fact we didn't have a season at all last spring and then to have ours change the way it is and have, you know, basically the first three weeks of baseball during football season, I think that's unfortunate. So there's some unfortunate things. I know some perhaps were um, outside of of um, uh, anything that people could help, but um, there are a few things you could tweak and hopefully there was a couple ideas there. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I recently had a conversation with Scott Stoudy about that 8 a.m. I feel like he's played that 8 a.m. state tournament <laughs> like how many years in a row and, and how do you prepare for that? You know, I mean, every other game is 4.30 or, you know, even in a sectional, I mean, all you see is maybe a 10 a.m. and it's a game and, uh, yeah, it was that was it was an interesting conversation. And then I always feel like that night, the game goes till one, two a.m. You know, because it's <laughs> it happens to rain that Tuesday every year. Uh, it, it's it's just wild. Yeah, I, I felt bad, Tim, for for a lot of coaches and um, who have got there. And and I think I don't think we ever we always had a, a morning game. Uh, I don't think we ever played at eight, but um, I think it was back then. It might have been ten, but that was bad enough. And. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's unfortunate. And I understand, I understand the WI has got limitations on things, but um, you know, we even offered the possibilities of possibly going to another site. I, I don't no. have to be locked in at Appleton. Uh, I, if I could have a more leisurely game schedule, 
there's no reason I'd play at Eau Claire. We have a lot of great parks in the state. I mean, you go down your way, um, you know, uh, there, there's some great parks there. So, um, but it, it's, um, you know, it's uh, right now it's not going to happen. So uh, I guess we, we do what we can do. Fantastic. Well, you've given us so much so far. And I just really want to think about like, what do you, like, what do you, what do you know? This is Brian Kane's question. He always asks in his podcast, like, what do you know now you wish you knew when you started coaching? If you could give yourself your, your, your previous self some advice, what would it be? Well, I, I think maybe even the way I started, Tim, I, I think um, along the way, and, and I know we're all driven uh, towards success uh, and we want to win and stuff, but I, I think the one thing I would say is make sure you also take time to enjoy it. Um, you know, and again, um, uh, I was a, a little bit obsessive compulsive. Uh, from the standpoint, uh, I was never satisfied, and I, I was always looking for a way to, to, to get better. And I think the one thing I guess I could say is uh, make sure along the way that you enjoy, um, enjoy it, you enjoy the kids, and you enjoy the game a little bit too. So that's the first thing I guess I would think of from my own standpoint. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of regrets. Um, you know, I uh, was very fortunate. I, I think I've, I've been blessed in many ways. I've been blessed with opportunities. Uh, I've been blessed with um, a lot of things, but, but there's so many great people in baseball. And, and so I guess um, uh, make sure that you take time to, to enjoy the people that are part of the game, uh, get, get to activities. Uh, uh, a lot of what I got to do is simply because I was at places and, and went to meetings. Um, uh, the all-star game, when the all-star game started in 19, we had a meeting in 1982 at the state clinic and they had an announcement and they said, anybody that would be interested in uh, starting an all-star game for the state of Wisconsin uh, meet in such and such a room at whatever time, four of us showed up. Uh, I was on, I was the West director at that point. Um, you know, I am, um, they were looking for people way back in, in 82. I think my first year, they were looking for somebody to fill some positions. Uh, I, I jumped on as a treasurer and now they should probably kick me off to him. I, nobody will ever beat me. I think I've been on the executive board now. Don't, we shouldn't tell anybody they'll ask for term limits, but I've been on the executive board now for 30 some years. It's crazy. So, but during that time, uh, boy, the, the experiences, the people I've met. Um, so looking back, I guess the number one answer is just enjoy all of it that we have, all the opportunities we have. Um, you know, uh, we all made sacrifices. There's no doubt. Um, you know, I, um, I made, you know, family sacrifices, um, for sure. Um, and, um, uh, I had uh, two daughters that uh, sometimes were sitting on a blanket down the first base side. And I was just hoping they wouldn't run out in the field because I wasn't even watching them. But, um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it's been a, uh, it's been great. And uh, I, I would have no regrets. I wish I could do it all over again. And, and uh, the people I've met have been the biggest part of it. Now, where do you see the future of the WBCA? Like, I mean, obviously membership is, this has got to be as high as it's ever been. You've been over 700. I mean, what is there, 300 plus high schools? And you're talking about a membership of 700. You've got to be really proud of that. I mean, executive board, president, all the roles you've held. What do you see the future of the WBC? Well, I think that's really good. Uh, but I th we do need, soon, we need some younger people to take over some of our roles. Because uh, if you think about it, some of the individuals um, that we have now on the executive board, uh, the Marty Paulsons, uh, who's what, 87, I think Marty is. Uh, and uh, you've got Ron Keating. And uh, we've got a lot of guys and uh, myself uh, that it, we're soon going to be um, 
as much as we love it, we're soon going to be um, uh, off the executive board. And so um, I, I have no doubts that we're going to have great young people to take over and take those roles on. But I, I see it as, as continuing to grow. I think Wisconsin baseball, um, like I said, uh, I've seen it. I've seen it in other states. Um, we've got um, as many um, positive things going on in this state as anybody. And so it's going to continue to grow. But I hope people... Um, the one thing I'm worried about is, is uh, I don't think people are coaching as long. Uh, and so I hope people uh, can get in a position where they can enjoy coaching. And I know there are some factors today that make it tougher than it used to be, but um, enjoy it and stay with it. And our association is going to um, uh, be one of the best for a long time because of the people and, but because of the young people, they're going to take over for us uh, in the near future. Oh yeah. Last question for you. Um, you mentioned the clinic, you mentioned the, the conversations that happen you know, in hotel rooms and at the social and just all the around. but I, I feel like there's so many other resources out there in 2020. If it's books or podcasts or audio books, or, you know, there's membership programs, like what would you recommend to a coach or, you know, or is there some, some that stand out to you, um, you know, to send us down a better path? Yeah, no, that's a, a great question, Tim. And I, I think, like I mentioned earlier, um, the opportunities are there. So it's up for us to take those opportunities. And, and again, I understand everybody has different situations with family and things. But um, yeah, uh, there's certainly a lot of podcasts out. And I, I love the podcast. Uh, you know, I, I'm uh, congratulations on what you're doing. And I think it's great for the state. It's great for baseball. You know, Pete Caliendo's got a regular um, podcast. I was able to watch a number of his and saw some great speakers this past year. I'll tell you, one of the best things is join the ABCA. Uh, the ABCA has a great film network. Join the ABCA, which gives you an opportunity to go through their films. That's one of the things I did this winter is I was able to get on that library and, and watch uh, some unbelievably talented and great films. Uh, and so, and there, there's books out there. There's great coaching books. Uh, you know, I go back to the Bob Bennett coaching books, the Bob Shaw coaching books. I mean, some of those are still valuable today. Uh, Derek Johnson. I would say the number one thing that I, I think people need to do, though, uh, besides joining the ABCA and getting uh, access to the podcast and the films, is don't be afraid to talk uh, to people that have gone before you. And I, I think we're losing that a little bit. Um, and, and again, I, I'm afraid that for some young people, um, they feel that there's a weakness by coming up to somebody and saying, could I spend some time with you? Uh, I would spend I spent time with anybody that would give it to me. Um, uh, there's some people that went before me that knew a lot more about the sport than I did. And if I could sit down with them and spend an hour, uh, two hours or half a day, uh, I did it. So I think I would encourage Tim. I think the best way for young people to, to grow in the sport is find those people around you down there. You've got some tremendous people. Uh, the whitewater people are more than happy to bring somebody in and, and, uh, watch a practice and talk to you, take advantage of those situations because, uh, those are, those are inv uh, invaluable opportunities. And again, it's going to get you an opportunity to meet people uh, that you can use as you move through uh, the game of baseball. So a lot of stuff out there um, and, and just take advantage of it. And, and uh, every time we, um, you know, it's kind of like they say, every time, you know, you don't learn, there's not a lot of things you're going to take. You always feel good when you get to that point, but there's always going to be something. And um, it's those little things that, that make, uh, you know, uh, baseball special. It's a, a little thing that you pick up that's going to make your program a little better than the one uh, next to you. So, um, yeah, those are great opportunities. But use the people that are out there that 
are more than willing to help. Just unfortunately, they're not uh, asked often enough. Well, at that's fantastic. Is there anything else that stands out to you? Any other thing that any other meat left on the bone or maybe did John have you say anything? Want you to say anything else about the Hawks? No, you know, I think I've said their name enough, but uh, no, you know, um, yeah, there's a lot of great programs in the state and, and uh, it's, it's at our high school levels and our college levels. So no, I, I um, you know, I, I think that we've covered pretty much all of it and, and I'm more than happy to be on here anytime. I, I just really, um, you know, appreciate uh, you doing this. And, and uh, you know, our, um, we've had some great alumni in this sport of baseball. Uh, I'll tell one quick story in our all-star game. You think of all the people who have played in our all-star game from, uh, that have played Major League Baseball, from Bob Wickman to, uh, you know, Lance Painter, George Williams, um, um, you know, Paul Wagner, um, Scott Service, um, and um, uh, Jordan Zimmerman. And uh, um, those are just some, Jeff Breidich, the general manager from the Colorado Rockies played in our, our all-star game. So here's, I'm going to tell you real quickly how much I know here, Tim. So um, Jared Washburn uh, is, lives probably about 40 miles from me. And uh, I played, uh, we, I coached against Jared from the time he was about 10 years old. Uh, we play little league games against him, Babe Ruth games against him, high school games against him. And no matter what he says, we usually beat him. But uh, Jared was a little, you know, Jared was in high school was like 170 pounds, 60 pounds, 160 pounds, long blonde hair, you know, 5'11". So it came time his senior year and uh, his head coach at the time was Rusty Helen, a good friend of mine. And Rusty said, could you put Jared on the All-Star game? I said, well, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I could, but I, I, I'd have to put him on as a, you know, as an outfielder because he wouldn't be able to pitch there. Well, I guess uh, uh, so we, that's how much I know baseball, baseball. So um, years later, Jared wins 18 games and plays in the World Series, and they had a get-together um, uh, at Webster High School, uh, Welcome Home. And so I went there, and then they had some question and answers. And, and at one point, uh, finally, I raised my hand, and they called on me, and I said, Jared, did you ever think about trying to make it as an uh, everyday player? And we were the only two that knew what I was talking about, but he still gives me a hard time about that. So obviously I don't know a lot about baseball. At least I didn't know that Jared Washburn was going to be a good pitcher. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, hey, that's a fantastic way to end, Mark. Thank you for your time. Um, really appreciate everything. Tim, thank you, and have a great night, and, and uh, continued uh, your work in baseball. Thanks for doing it. And there it is. A huge thank you to Mark Fuller for taking the time to sift out with us today. As you can hear, a lot of changes coming to baseball across the state of Wisconsin in 2021 at all levels. I know I'm very thankful that Mark is one of the men in the room, shaping the conversations and helping make decisions that in the best interest of all of us. A couple reminders, new episodes are released every other Tuesday night. You can help by promoting the show um, through social media by sharing it and on your free podcast app by just subscribing. We'd love to spread the word and get more coaches and people involved to hear about all the great things that are happening across the state of Wisconsin. Please join us next episode as we dip back into the high school ranks. We're going to go a little bit west over to one of the Division II powerhouses in the state and sit down with a head coach who has definitely left his legacy on his hometown. Again, thank you for taking the time today. We'll talk to you soon.